Well, welcome to Machine Learning. Thoughts? Friday, last day of the week. Yay! Probably wondering uh, about uh, machine learning topics. Well, I noticed that uh, a lot of my listeners are all from all over the world. I mean, literally. I mean, I was looking at my list and it's got quite large. I wonder if uh, Spotify or Anchor will let me know when they every nation of the world has listened to one of my podcasts. I uh, wonder if the other podcasters out there have experienced the same phenomenon. Um, and then uh, for some reason on Sunday I had a big spike. Like almost uh, 700 people listened to my podcast. So not sure what happened on that day, but uh, <clears throat> maybe maybe it had to do um, with one of the key words or something in one of my podcasts that it, it picked up on the search engines. But uh, anyway, uh, interesting demographic to see, you know, who, who's listening. And if you are listening, uh, uh, one thing to consider is Kaggle. Now, as I've thought about it, one of the reasons why Kaggle works is that you just upload your results. You, um, so it's not really, I guess if you win, that you upload your Jupyter Lab or Jupyter Notes and people see how you did it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, um, in order to get the ranking, you know, there's you're, they're going to look at your root uh, mean square error, and uh, you know you can you can uh, set upload one or more files, and hopefully you get the one with the best efficiency. And uh, you know, I was thinking through the target uh, encoding again, and what that's doing is it uses k-fold in there so it's doing k-fold and it's grouping by and uh, in those group buys based on the um, target so you've got your your field your category and then you have the um, value that you're grouping it by the the value and uh, and then you're getting the global sum and then you're dividing that in to that uh, sum of that that group by to get get a a value for that category and if you're using the k folding it's it's the it can be randomly shuffling the, the data around so each one of those k folds could have a different uh, value for that category and uh, I was thinking about why that works my mind it's a little strange I would think that the uh, encoding would have to be over the complete data set it wouldn't include k folding so I'm not sure why k folding was included um, I can see the, the the sampling would be different so you would get different samples per k fold and uh, and again that may improve uh, the efficiency of the classifier because you're getting different uh, 
you're getting different values based on you're getting groupings of things together by k fold but the k folds are causing the category values to change so let's say you've got a and b and then you in your in your category and then you k fold it five times then for each fold, you'll get a different uh, value for A um, as it's grouped by and summed, and the same would be that they, but maybe it's relative to the K fold. So, for example, it's relative to the fact that you have A and B and they are relative to each other in that K-fold. And then another K-fold, uh, they would have a different value. So um, overall, maybe it has the same effect as a category. It's kind of a clever move and it, require, it did require me to think about that yesterday as I was, I was uh, implementing that. Well, and also, uh, went back to the pipeline and looked at uh, how you build the pipeline for text. So you, you put your text fields in one part of the pipeline. You hot, one hot encode your category codes um, or you label encode things like uh, binary on and off to zero and one or states to a, a number. And uh, and, and uh, then you put that in your data frame and then you separate out the numerical values. And, and you can do that by just looking at each column in the, in the data frame and do as a uh, check to see if it's numeric. So if it's numeric, then it gets added to the numeric list. And then you'd have uh, the labels that are non-numeric. Then you would one hot encode those labels, drop them, and now you'd have your two columns: your numeric column and your labels column. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is, then you would uh, pass out the labels column into your count vectorizer or your uh, TF IDF in your pipeline. And so you could uh, set up a simple imputer for uh, populating the missing values. Uh, and then you could, you could set up your count vectorizer or your, your uh, term frequency, inverse document frequency classifier. And then you should be able to fit and do your predictions and then measure your probabilities, create a confusion matrix, uh, this assuming that you know you're doing a classification problem and uh, measure the accuracy and, and also calculate your root mean squared or your mean squared error your mean square absolute mean absolute square or mean absolute error and uh, and uh, those are um, some features that uh, will help you measure the accuracy so you really go you know you can even pull back from the uh classifier you can pull back the probabilities uh, or you can pull back um if in case if you're doing a linear regressor you could pull back its coefficients 
intercept. So depending on which one you're dealing with, you can do one of those two things. Well, so as you uh, then analyze your pipeline, there's no reason why I think that you couldn't have multiple classifier types like a uh, uh, ensemble and uh, where you can you can vote on the results of the classifier. So let's say you have four classifiers and then you want to take uh, majority rules on the output. So maybe two classifiers say give you you know a thumbs up two don't, uh, then it would be a deadlock. If you had three to one, then maybe uh, uh, it would then say uh, it was good to go. So you could do you could do kind of these hybrid configurations. Um, there's nothing to say that you couldn't also include probably a deep learning network like a Keras in there and, uh, and run that against uh, the comparisons too. So you set up your your uh, your network that way to handle the the different inputs and then uh, uh, get the, get the voting. So that's uh, uh, something that you could probably do. And uh, kind of reminds me of the old days of the space shuttle. Could take you back to the 1980s, where they had one command uh, program and they had a lot of subunits or programs. Uh, that were handling different parts of the, of the plane and the computers were helping fly the plane and so you know they, uh, these uh, units then were feeding up into the higher unit which was making the decision and I could see that kind of with the ensemble uh, architectures that you could have you know sets of classifiers and then their results are being fed up in the pipeline uh, to, a, to the command unit that's making the decisions. Well, and it's, the reason why they would do that is that uh, you, it's not knowing what all the subunits that you would might need to automate. So the more subunits that you had automated and reporting to the command unit would give the command unit better uh, control of the plane or uh, help automate more portions of the plane. So, uh, what's next? Well, I think what's next is a switch to Python. Been kind of like debating that in my mind uh, whether I want to go into the engineering part, the data engineering, which there's a lot of value to data engineering. Don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, I'm kind of wondering if I need to uh, strengthen it up my Python programming skills. I mean, I've got better at Python programming, uh, but uh, I'm just wondering if, you know, you know, to get to that professional level, you know, that you have to program every day. It's like karate or kung fu, you know, you got to practice every day and it's, you got to push your body and, you know, you have to build up and get strong. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's... Uh, what are those important things that uh, you do while you, you're wanting to program? Some of you are pretty young, uh, from what I can see in the, my group, 
And uh, you're probably wondering, do I need to go to college to learn how to program in Python? Absolutely not. College is about qualifying for a job. It's not uh, qualifying for a skill. That skill is something you develop on your own. Now, what does college do for you? Well, it gives you uh, the theory and it helps you explain the, the mechanisms for which uh, the technology was built. Maybe it's even more so an abstraction. So it's the computer theory uh, or the grammars or the, the language of programming that is important. It's, it's an explanation of the mathematics behind the, the uh, machine learning. So it's uh, theoretical. And you learn how to communicate in that world and then once you understand the theoretical, then the, uh, ap the application should be understandable as you think about what the classifier is doing, what probability is doing, how it, probability works, uh, you know, and what the error ratio is telling you, how these networks work to give you answers. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to get work done. So... Um, you know, you might argue that you don't need to know about probability to use a classifier. And uh, to some extent that's true because it does a lot of the diagnostics for you. Uh, and if you can read uh, and extract the coefficients or the uh, probabilities, put it into a confusion matrix, you, you can kind of see whether or not uh, you need more features and how these features are impacting your model. So again, this Kaggle concept of iterative learning uh, comes into effect. And I think that's why Kaggle has survived as long is because, uh, you know, developers from around the world are uh, learning and improving their skill set on how to use uh, these uh, libraries and then hoping to get uh, work in the real world. And that's always the major that I've gone to. I haven't, uh, you know, spent my life in theory. Um, I did spend a long time in college, going, taking a lot of courses. And uh, one thing I know, I know is that the more specialized you become, the harder it is for other people to understand what you're talking about. So that's why these podcasts are so important is that they... Uh, they kind of like talk to you at your level. Now, I know that there's a lot of you that are professional ML programmers and you're doing stuff in AI pipelines, and, you know, and you're, and you're thinking about what's the big next, you know, what's, where, where's, where's all the action going, you know, uh, what, what are, where's the money flowing? And, uh, a lot of the money is flowing into areas where um, AI and machine learning can automate parts of it. You know, I use I use a lot of ML AI to to analyze the data and visualize it and look at distributions. But one of the big ones is this A/B testing, where you can do null hypothesis testing. You know, what 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 uh, are the probable uh, preferences of your customer? What, what are things that they might like? What is probable? Is there some clustering, you know, analysis where, you know, you group things together of like things and similarities. 
And that's one one approach I was thinking of is, uh, 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 you know, with the text even is analyzing sentences and finding similar sentences in the corpus. And why is that important? Well, you know, groupings of sentences can be brought together and that might tell you that uh, there's other related content that is connected to the existing content. And uh, so, you know, we've seen this in with recommendations with movies, you know. Let's say you take uh, descriptions of the movies and then you run the corpus and sentence analysis and then find similar movies based on uh, their descriptions. And, you know, maybe there is a, a, a similarity in terms of uh, uh, the content. So, and, and I did that with Trump's tweets. You know, I took you know his tweet and then there was all these other tweets that were out there. And I compared that to find similarities, other tweets that were similar. And then brought that back based on their score and, uh, you know, I, I read through them and some of them seemed to be kind of relative. Some of them, you know, seemed like it honed in on certain key words. Um, but some of it was kind of useful. And I was uh, thinking about that as, as I brought it back, you know, I was like, wow, that's, that's actually kind of useful. I mean, it would have taken a long time to scan through all 12,000 tweets and uh, figure out which ones were grouped together. I guess you could have done it if you had enough time. Um, and then also I wanted to see what the important words were and uh, to use different uh, techniques for, for measuring word importance and, uh, and to you know, see what were the key topics that he was talking about that were important, that uh, might be interesting. So a lot of pre-processing and thinking and engineering to get that to work, but there's a case where similarity seemed to provide some value. And then I also ran it through my sentiment analysis and I was looking for uh, really polarized and strong, uh, strong statements to uh, analyze from uh, the standpoint of you know something that might be important so the things that you know were just daily chatter I wasn't really uh, worried too concerned about I wanted to hear the strong negative or positive sentiment comments and uh, and that way I could focus on things that might be uh, critical well so uh, Anyway, there's some of my thoughts for machine learning. I think it's gonna be interesting as we start to see the next generation of software. Companies that are building great software for analyzing data are going to be recognized. You know, you, you look at uh, Microsoft with Excel right now and Power BI, it could do so much more for machine learning, it could, you know, link into their Azure, and uh, they made Azure uh, libraries localized, then, you know, you could, it could compete with Python, but 
frankly, I think Python's going to be the big winner because it's free and it's open source and it's, uh, you know, it's constantly improving and there's a lot of community support for Python and it just is a really strong language. So, um, you know, that's why I'm going to invest in, in the Python language uh, and learn it more and hopefully uh, get, uh, get the results I'm hoping for.